This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. You just don't want it to go to overtime. We'll keep an eye on that one. Also, the Ducks and Blackhawks are going to face off in about half an hour. Anaheim currently a point behind the Oilers in the Western Conference. So the Oilers are the best non-playoff team. Anaheim the second best non-playoff team. Now, if Anaheim wins that game, they will leapfrog the Oilers. Though, after tonight, the Oilers will have two games in hand on the Ducks. Also, later on tonight, it's the Capitals and the Flames. And then Washington is here tomorrow to face the Oilers. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey is going to start with the face-off show at 4.30. And then the game at 6 here on 6.30, Chad. Already underway tonight. No score early. Senators and Blues. Coyotes lead the Red Wings 3-1 late in the first. Halfway through the first, it's Toronto 2, Seattle 1. Matthews scores again he's up to 41 on the season early second period Panthers two Penguins one after the first period Flyers lead Vegas two zip now that's another one that could affect the Oilers and if the Golden Knights lose that would be good for Edmonton it would keep uh, Vegas just four points ahead and the Avalanche lead the Devils two nothing that is early in the second period McKinnon is 19th Ranton in his 27th it is getting into the crucial time of the year here. And the Oilers are right in the thick of a playoff chase. As I was talking about on overtime open line last night, after the Oilers lost the battle of Alberta three, one to Calgary. It's not a great situation here for the Oilers. Yes. It is only two points out. It, it could be three tonight. If Nashville wins, it could be four. If uh, Nashville wins in overtime, uh, so, I mean, do you want Dallas to win tonight and they can pull further ahead and the Oilers just got to track down the Predators? A lot of different ways to look at it. Both those teams after tonight are going to have one game in hand on the Oilers. Uh, Edmonton does not have a lot of wiggle room here. And yes, I know you can say, well, if they win a few in a row, whatever. They, they got to go on a really solid run here to get into the postseason. They got to go on a really solid run here to get into the postseason. And I'm going to be updating this and watching it uh, every night here on Inside Sports on the Faceoff Show and after games, of course. Here, here's what I can tell you again, and I, I kind of keep going back to this number: thirty-two points for the Edmonton Oilers. That gets them to ninety-six. Most seasons, 
on, on only a couple of occasions has a team got to 96 points and not been in the postseason. So I think it's realistic to say they got to get 96 or more. Certainly if they get into the high 90s, you'd think that they would be in. So that means the Oilers have to win 16 of their final 25 games. They got to go 16 and 9. That might be a challenge given how they've played lately and some of the problems they're facing, which we're going to discuss as we move along here tonight, of course. But having said that, 16 and 9 is is not impossible. I mean, it should see it should seem something like a like a decent team should be able to pull off. Yes, the Oilers have some really tough matchups ahead. They still got to play the Avalanche three times. Um, they got Washington tomorrow. They got to go into Calgary again. Tampa Bay's here on the weekend. They also have some games against non-playoff teams remaining. Vancouver, San Jose, to be specific. They got head-to-head games against the Ducks and Kings. Those are going to be important. But here's. Here's the concern, and this is going to lead into the discussion about things that have plagued the team a little bit late. Uh, lately, we all know the team started 16 and five, which was incredible, and thank goodness they have banked those points. I, I knew it was important at the time. I, I didn't think it would turn out to be this important because I'm going to give you something in context here that you really might find alarming. But anyway, uh, 16 and five to start the season. It, that's a if you do that over the whole year, get. 32 out of every 42 points, that's a a 125-point season. That's incredible. You're going to win the President's Trophy. Okay, since then, though, here's here's the problem, because I'm going to give you a record and a projection that might make you roll your eyes a little bit, or it might make you flat-out stick to your your stomach. By the way, write that down, Kellen. That's another thing we could market. Uh, Inside sports sickness bags. Ooh. You know, my face on the side, it'd be great. (laughs) Anyway, since going 16 and five, we know the Oilers record has dropped off. I I just want to give you some context here for, for how much it's dropped off. Uh, And again, I, this is, this might be upsetting Uh, in, in the 36 games since they've had that incredible start, they've got 14, 18 and four, 14 wins in 36 games. If you take that points projection over the course of an entire season, that gets you to 73 points. That gets you to 73 points. That, that's who the Oilers have been somehow for the last three and a half months. Well, I guess about three months and a week since that first week of December. They've had some good little runs, but oh my, they've had some tough runs. Uh, I mean, we all know 73 points over the uh, for full season doesn't get you anywhere near a playoff spot. So that's unfortunately who the Oilers have been uh, now for, well, basically two-thirds of the games that have been played. The, the other third, they were outstanding. So what I'm saying is they have won 14 of their last 36 games. They now have to win 16 of their final 25. Is it possible? Well, of course it's possible. I mean, I, I don't think this is a, a, a bottom feeder team. I don't think, you know, I mean, we've seen teams in this city that have finished in the bottom three in the standings and been out of it by November 15th, quite frankly. But some things are going to have to change here. Now, what's interesting, you look at the last five or six weeks, Miko Koskinen has been really good in net. He's 7-1-2 and two in his last 10 starts. And his regulation loss last night against Calgary, I don't think he was a problem. I think he played well. Even his overtime loss uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks, I realize he gave the puck away on one goal. Quite frankly, it probably already should have been 4 or 5-2 for Chicago at that point in the game. So they're getting goaltending, 
at least from Koskinen. Smith is a different story. And I don't know when we're going to see Mike Smith. He didn't practice again today. I guess he's still going through a bit of an illness here. Stuart Skinner was uh, in the net at the other end of the ice for Miko Koskinen. A lot of power play work at practice today, which, uh, which we're going to get into. So th- they've been getting, you know, better goaltending. I- I've talked a lot about that five-on-five save percentage this year. It's, it's gone up from 26th, 27th to now being around 21st, 22nd. Still not good enough big picture, but, but better lately. Yet the team still hasn't been able to bank enough points. So what's going on? All right, well, let's start with the obvious one. Let's start with the, the really obvious one. The absolute strength of the team for really the last two seasons prior to this one and for most of this year, and that's the power play. Because it went 0 for 4 last night and had opportunities to give the Oilers the lead in a game in which it appeared early on goals were going to be pretty hard to come by. Because, I, th- I mean, that was a very low event, hard fought, uh, tight 5-on-5 five five game. I mean, the Flames hardly give you anything. And, you know, I, I didn't quite frankly mind the way the Oilers played. The worst opportunities they gave up were while they were on the power play. Because while the Oilers had the power play, they gave up a breakaway, they gave up another breakaway, and they gave up a two-on-one. And yes, they gave up another breakaway late in the game uh, when Nurse turned it over at the blue line. But having said that, you could have got a power play goal and had the lead after the first period. And maybe, you know, you never know. Maybe you get a point. Maybe you get to overtime. Maybe you get two. Changes everything if Calgary has to play from behind. We know how often the Oilers have had to play from behind. It's, it's, it's happened in about three-quarters of their games this season, which is crazy to talk about. But anyway, so here's the extent to which the Oilers' power play is struggling lately. 0 for 4 last night. Last five games, it's 2 for 21. Now, I don't need to pull out a calculator to know that's below 10%. So it's they haven't been able to capitalize. Now, the penalty killing has also uh, not been good enough. Uh, you know, they allowed a power play goal last night. I also thought they did some good things on the penalty kill. But the, the power play not producing, not seizing momentum, and last night giving up more opportunities than it's able to create. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. No, I don't think we were close last night. I don't think we're anywhere near where we needed to be on our power play, specifically early in the game. Um, We had a few chances, but not at the level that we want to create at. Uh, I don't think uh, our power play yesterday uh, was a momentum generator for our team um, and was a key factor in us not winning the game was uh, the frustration that we felt on it. So today uh, we went out and practiced and and worked on uh, a few small details to it and uh, trying to build up a little bit of confidence. All right, and and massive focus on the power play practice. When I walked in, uh, practice was scheduled to start at noon. I think I got there around 10 to noon. Everybody was already on the ice. One power play unit was working at what's the visitor's end of the rink, the uh, the top unit power play. Well, when I walked in, they were all you know standing inside the blue line talking to Gulletson, having a meeting. They practiced at both ends of the ice. Then they all went down to the visitor's end. They put one net on the goal line between the crease and the boards they put the other net on the goal line between the crease and the boards on the other side and the power play units practice basically in sort of a half ice situation just using half the offensive zone so 
trying to practice making plays in space, quicker decisions, things like that, things they weren't able to do last night. And and we're going to have some comments on that from from a couple of guys here as we go along. But here's here's what I want to pose to you tonight. If you want to participate in the show on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. Nugent Hopkins is out. And Nugent Hopkins is out week to week. I clarified that with Woodcroft today. It's not day to day. It's week to week. So to me, that's at least a couple of weeks with no Nuge. So it's probably at least five more games. You know, I got to be honest with you here. If the Oilers go one and four or one, three and one in those games, it's, it's lights out. Like they're not getting in. There'll be too much of a gap. Um, and they didn't have Barry and Bouchard last night. So w- when you consider that, are you sitting there thinking, all right, read you little twerp. They can practice the power play all they want, but they're missing a key guy. And if he's not back, it's not going to matter how much they practice. Maybe some of you think that. I, like somebody texted me today. It's, you know, a, a guy, one of my buddies, he watches the team closely. He's not, you know, an, an NH, former NHL player or coach or anything like that. But he said, he said, Reed, I feel hopeless without Nuge because they've lost so much. So is it just too much to overcome with it out of the lineup? Or can they actually repair some stuff? And then the other side of it, I've given you the math for how they get into the postseason. 16 and 9. Washington and Tampa Bay, Detroit and Buffalo and New Jersey on this homestand. So you're basically counting down to 16. You can put up a you can put up a sheet on your fridge or on your if you I got a little whiteboard thing on my fridge or you can you know keep tabs on your phone every time the Oilers get a win put a little tick on it if they get to 16 before the end of the season they should be in if they don't make it then you might say well somebody else played a lot better is that attainable and this homestand's a big one Washington Tampa Bay Detroit Buffalo New Jersey. I think that's, this has to be at least a seven-point homestand, quite frankly. Then you got Colorado and Dallas on the road back-to-back after this. We'll get to you in a couple minutes. Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Sent Marcus Niemelainen into Bakersfield today. I, I believe this is not strictly performance related. Uh, I, I think Stoff mentioned it the other night as well. Uh, I believe Niemelainen's wife is uh, expecting very soon. Maybe it's already happened. Uh, so I think it's uh, that probably has something to do with it. Maybe assigning him to Bakersfield so he can be uh, with his wife here as they welcome a child into the world. Uh, talking about the power play, uh, Evander Kane was asked about it today. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, specifically more so last night, we weren't very crisp. Um, I think that's uh, that's an easy fix. I think just having a, a little bit more of a simpler mindset out there. I think we had a, a good chat this morning, um, went out and, and uh, created some different looks for ourselves and, and try to bring that into the game tomorrow night and uh, hopefully have some success with it. You can also email inside sports at 630ched.com. The big L says, Reed, I have a terrible feeling this team is not going to make the playoffs, and I agree with you about Nuge. They really miss his creativity on the PP and the PK. They also miss the big bodies of Pugliarvi and Cassian. 
Advice to Holland, do not sell the farm for a goalie. Ride Koskinen and Skinner the rest of the way. Try to trade or sign a solid defensive D-man. Cross your fingers. This team can grab one of the wildcard spots. It will be tough. That is from the Big L. I, I agree it's going to be tough. I, I do think it's going to be a, hopefully a fun race. I hope they're hanging around in it. Uh, but it, it, it's it's going to be tough. I, I mean, they're, uh, they're a few points away from preferably where you would like them to be. Okay, uh, we got Ron from Red Deer checking in. Ron, I thought you were going to call after the game last night for sure because Mooner was with me doing overtime open line, but but that's okay. You're calling now. What's on your mind? I called too late. Okay. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Red Deer absolutely misses the Mooner. Yes. That that statement, that, that text you just read from the Big L, bang yeah. on. So bang on. Um, my 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 curiosity for tomorrow's game is that the coach had made just a simple comment that we've got to get shots off quickly, like right at the beginning of the power play, and that's what I'm really curious to watch tomorrow. Is is the team listening? And and I agree because once they start shooting, and I do believe the power play doesn't should not be always going through. Uh, McDavid and Drysaddle, and, and I really believe that every player should be taking a shot. And that's all I wanted to say, and I'll listen to your comments. Thanks, Reed. Yeah, I, I think they do have to shoot quicker, and we'll get to another comment Woodcroft made today about some of the things plaguing the power play. Hint, it's pretty much everything, but it, it is interesting the way he put it. And, I mean, look, you, you've heard it. If you're, if you're any sort of a hockey fan, you've heard it dozens if not hundreds of times over the years uh it may be in different ways but some coaches say the power play doesn't really start until you take a shot Uh, what does rob brown always say as soon as you take a shot you make defenders turn and look for the puck and then maybe you get them out of position or you win puck battles and uh, I, I think sometimes with the Oilers, there's a bit of a reluctance to shoot for sure. Okay, I got to do the news and weather here. Well, I'm not doing it. One of my colleagues is going to do it. But we'll break for the news and weather. Fred is up next on the open line. I got time for calls, 780-496-0063. Kelly Rudy's coming up tonight, as is U of A hockey star Noah Philp. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.